Well, let's go to our scripture that can be found on the inside of your bulletin. A very, very, very famous passage on Philippians 4.10 that I'm excited about talking about. So let me go ahead and read that again, Philippians 4.10 through 13. This is Paul speaking to the church at Philippi. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The word of the Lord. I don't know about you at the end of the day, but sometimes it's like uh, you're a car that's almost empty on gas and you're just pulling into the service station just in time. And sometimes you just want to shut it down. My wife and I was having one of those times a couple days ago where we just wanted to relax and enjoy one another. And, uh, you know, so we said, well, let's watch a movie. I wonder what's out there. And so we, uh, we have made the step of leaving cable. It was painful and difficult. We're still in therapy. Uh, but nonetheless, we got Apple TV and we buy Netflix and Hulu, which is this monthly subscription where you can get stuff. So surely we can find something, right? So we go on Netflix and there are thousands of thousands of programs and movies and all sorts of things. And so we're scrolling through and Leellen says, oh, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't know about that. Hey, how about this? Uh, I've already seen this one. And it goes on and on as we go through this endless, uh, endless maze of trying to find the perfect show. Indeed, after 45 minutes, like many of you do, you just punt and you say, oh, forget it, let's go to bed. Isn't it strange with so much, so much entertainment, we cannot find some way to be entertained. You know, there are not a whole lot of movies, but, uh, you know, there are great movies, but there's one coming out that I'm very interested. It's Superman versus Batman. Okay? Now, let me ask you a question. How the heck is Batman going to beat Superman? Not going to do it. All right? Utility belt. We got gotcha, you, you know? Superman is like he can do anything. You remember in Superman where he like turns back time? You know, what's Batman going to do with that, huh? I'm going to pop a pill or do something. I don't know. This is not a fair movie. But somehow they're going to find a way. Maybe it's Ben Affleck who's going to take Batman and uh, make him indestructible. You know, we always played this game when we were a kid. You know, if you could be a superhero, which one would you be? Nobody said Aquaman, by the way. What's... what's <laughs> Hello, dolphin. I don't know. No, we always want to be Superman. Why? Because he's indestructible. You can't stop the guy. He can go through brick walls. He can whatever. He can bust through it. He's a, there's an indestructibility to him. And I think there's something about that that we like. That, gosh, wouldn't it be great to be indestructible? That challenges and circumstances, they just bounce off of us. We could just plow through them. We could stand above them. The truth of the matter is we're not, are we? I think that's why we love these superhero movies because just for a second we can step into the shoes of someone that has the power to transcend or bust through their circumstances. If you've lived long enough, you understand that you're not indestructible, that you are weak, that all too often I can, I don't have the answer 
in whatever it is that before me. And so I punt, I cave, I cower, I hide. Paul, in the midst of our, the Philippians' challenges and fears and failings, says something unbelievable. He says that there is an indestructibility that exists. Not by being a superhero, not by having cosmic powers, but rather a deeper, greater, all-abiding power that gives you the strength to overcome your circumstances in the midst of them. In other words, that you don't have to be a victim of your circumstances, that you can find victory over your circumstances, even as you sit within them, finding peace and contentment amidst whatever storm you have. And so Paul says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul had peace. He had confidence. He had resources. He had contentment. What if you could live that way? The superhuman life. Not busting through your circumstances, but being able to live and face them as the man or woman that God calls you to be. What's Paul's secret? It's contentment. He has a peace and contentment. And so we want to talk about this indestructible life that Paul is talking about. We have to answer three questions. Number one, what is the indestructible life? What is it that's offered to us? What does it mean to be indestructible? And then number two, what's the secret to having an indestructible life? I need to know what it is, and I need to know what the secret is to have it. And then finally, how do I live it day by day, moment by moment? The truth of the matter is because Christ has demonstrated His power over life. He can demonstrate His power in us, in our circumstance. So let's look at these points. Number one, what is the indestructible life? Paul says in verse 10, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Paul has been arrested. He's in prison. Uh, he is awaiting trial. And prison back then, orange was not the new black. Uh, you were not taken care of. If nobody brought you food, you didn't eat. If you didn't have clothes and a, clo uh, and a cloak, you froze. You were entirely dependent on the outside world. And Paul is saying, I rejoice that uh, you have revived your concern for me. After some time, the Philippian church sent uh, Epaphroditus with an offering with some things to help Paul. But what Paul was saying was, for some time my needs were not met because you had no opportunity. Think about Paul's specific needs. Physical needs. Emotional needs. Spiritual needs. Paul was lonely. Paul was wondering if this church, if anyone out there knew and cared about his circumstance. And yet what Paul says is, he was okay. I'm fine. Listen verse 11. Now, I, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. See, Paul makes a difference between needs and wants. Yes, Philippians, I wanted you to be a part of, I wanted you be, to be in my life. And yet I have everything I need. I have learned in every situation I am to be content. This word content is an interesting one. 
In the Greek, the word is arkase, and it means uh, contained. To be content is to be contained. And so there's a sufficiency that comes with contentment. In fact, we see this word a lot through the New Testament, such as 1 Timothy 6, 8. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. In other words, these resources that we have, that we have obtained, should be the source of our sufficiency. Or if you remember Paul, uh, excuse me, John the Baptist, and the soldiers come to him and what, they say, how should we live? And he says, be content with your pay. In other words, what have you been given from outside? Be content, be sufficient in it. But Paul uses a different word when he says this. He doesn't say arche, he says auto arche. Auto meaning self. Basically it means to be self-sufficient. Not dependent on outside resources, but rather that which exists in the inside. Everything that I need is inside of me. That can provide for me. That it's not necessarily Philippian church that you didn't provide my needs, you helped my wants. But I have learned to be content, self-sufficient in every circumstance. You know, back in the day, there was a philosophy called Stoicism. And the Stoics basically said this, that in order to truly live, you have to be aloof from your circumstances. It's the classic, remember Spock on Star Trek? Nothing rattles me. Whatever happens, I'm aloof from it. If I have much, I'm, I'm calm. If I have nothing, I'm calm. I'm a, I'm a rock. I'm an island. We have this still in America. Remember the Marlboro Man? He doesn't need anybody. He's a rock and he's an island. But Paul is not saying this, is he? He's not saying I learned to be independent, not learn to stuff my feelings or withdraw from my circumstances or ignore them. Rather, self-sufficiency consists in radical dependence, not independence, on Christ. Independence of others, but dependent on Christ. Because within Christ are the resources that I need for my needs to be fulfilled. I can be self-sufficient in the one who is within me. Paul says, I've learned to do this. I've learned. It didn't come right away. In fact, the word learned means learned by experience. In the beginning, Paul didn't know how to do this. Situations and circumstances would come along and he'd do the same thing we would. He'd panic. He'd despair. And yet he's learned this by experience. His circumstances have been his teacher. And every single one of these situations have been tutoring him of how to live this life. I've been, you know, if you look at Paul's history, it's astounding how much punishment and loneliness this guy took. He's been hungry. He talks about being cold. He's been uh, uh, whipped five times. He's been beaten with rod, rods. He's been stoned. He spent a whole day on the open sea. Paul says, I know how to be brought low. Word means humiliation. I know how to be humiliated. Also means emptied or depressed. I know what it means to have nothing from depression. I know what it means for people to laugh at me. And I know how to abound. This word abound, if you remember uh, the feeding of the 5,000 when they had 12 baskets left over, 
That's the same Greek word. I know what it means when I have more than enough. I know what it means when I have nothing on the bottom of the world, in the pits, and when I'm on the top of the world. I know how to abound. See, Paul has discovered through these experiences that he is not in control. He has learned to be content when at the top of his game or whether at the bottom of the heap. Because he has discovered that the situation does not bring contentment. That contentment comes independent of the situation. It's a very foreign concept in the United States, by the way. Our contentment is tied to our situation. Whatever situation you're in right now, if you can get to the point where you don't need money, when you have more than an abundance. In fact, America keeps getting more and more and more abundant. It's astounding the square footage of a house 30 years ago and the square footage now because enough is not enough. But it's when my situation improves, then I can find contentment. And Paul is saying, no, 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 that contentment is not out there. It's in here. How? Paul is saying a critical truth that life is not a series of accidents. It's a series of appointments. God is guiding him in these situations that he has created, even using evil. Deprivation is part of discipleship. And so Paul, in every situation, has been forced to depend on the sovereignty of God. God, I trust as I'm in this situation that you are here, that you are over it, as the scripture says, that you are God and there is none other. And he has been forced to depend on the sufficiency of God. That when I am abandoned, when I have no resources, when it doesn't seem like there's anyone there for me, you are there for me. And you are more than enough. I'm self-contained in you. I turned my child last night. Uh, uh, Daniel was with us. Uh, Will was at a dance. Maria was in bed. And so... We were doing the same thing, looking on Netflix. What could we find for some entertainment? We actually did find a jewel, the show MacGyver. <laughs> Anyone? MacGyver. Some of you guys are like, well, MacGyver, MacGyver. MacGyver was this awesome guy. Okay, he was, he was smart, he was nice, he was good looking, you know, he had the parted hair, whole deal with the little mullet, you know. But the, the secret to MacGyver was MacGyver could take whatever he had, whatever was out there, and he could use it to fix whatever problem there was. There was this one thing where MacGyver, he's going to save this thing, you know, he's going, he's got to get in this tunnel and everything, and all he has is this knapsack. And the guy says, you're going to need a lot more than that knapsack in order to do this. What's in there? And he said, there's nothing in there. It's for what I take along the way. See, MacGyver was dependent on his brains, but on whatever it was that was there in that particular situation to go ahead and help him. He had the resources. People didn't see them, but MacGyver saw. And because MacGyver did, he saved the day. See, we're not called to have brilliance and wisdom and knowing all the things that MacGyver did. But we are called to understand that we have the ultimate power within us. 
that we will be put in situations where we must not look around for resources, but we must look in to the one who is within us. And if we do, much like MacGyver, we will discover the ability to be calm, to learn how to be content in every situation. Paul's resources within gave him strength to live in situations when he was without. And so contentment is not earned. Contentment is learned. So how do you respond in a time of need? My friends have deserted me. I don't know where they've gone. It seems like everybody's turned against me or abandoned me. What's your response? Are you frantic? Are you stoic? Or are you dependent? Are you freaking out? Are you withdrawing, stepping away? It doesn't bother me. Are you seeking a deeper resource that can get you through? You must recognize, my friends, that every situation in your life, including the one you're in right now, is a divine appointment for God to meet you and to show you that He is enough. And so you must reassign your need, not in the eternal, external situation, but to the internal and eternal God. Not to my strength and my ability, but to the one who gives me strength. Not to my circumstances, but to God. To wait patiently and to respond in obedience, even if he tells you the craziest things to do. Make sure they're in a line with Scripture. You know, by the way, MacGyver saved the day with a chocolate bar yesterday. It was fantastic. It was great. Rest in God. Trust in Him. Because the indestructible life comes from an indestructible God. And your experiences are what lead you to Him. How you respond is up to you. Well, that brings me to the next point. How do we respond? We need to understand the secret to an indestructible life. It's no good to know it if you're not able to implement it. So Paul says, in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Notice that, in any and every circumstance. Well, Paul, have you been through any and every circumstance? No. Paul has said, I've been through enough of them. That it doesn't matter what comes my way. That I know that in any and every circumstance, I have learned... That's the perfect tense, by the way. I've learned this. It's part of who I am. The secret of facing plenty and hunger. Now this word learned, if you'll remember this in the, chap, in the verse before, the word learned was there. Remember, learned by experience. But this word is different. It means to be initiated into secret knowledge. It's how the, the pagan uh, uh, religions and so forth, they said that there was some secret knowledge that would help you to transcend. Paul is borrowing from their language. He's saying that I have learned the secret of being content. See, that tells me if it's a secret that not everybody knows it. Not every Christian obtains it. It's hidden, so to speak. Maybe in full view, but in such a way that people can't see it. See, Paul has reached maturity. We talk about maturity in this church, don't we? The goal to make mature and equipped disciples in Redeemer Presbyterian. And so he has learned, he's been initiated into the secret, whether facing plenty or hunger, abundance and need, 
He says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's his secret. He has learned to wrap his circumstances around Christ, not Christ around his circumstances. He says, I can do all things. Not I might be able to do. Not I should be able to do. Not maybe I can do. I can do all things. Now, when we hear this verse, I can do all things through him who gives me strength, we instantly think Superman, don't we? Well, Paul, can you jump off a tall building? Can you stop a, a raging locomotive? Well, of course, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. We have to read this passage in its context. What Paul is saying is whatever circumstances have come before me, whatever life situation that I am called into, that God has given me the resources to stand and to be the man, to face without fear. I can live a sufficient life because he is in me. Think about the circumstances that people face who are Christians around the world. If you're in Syria right now, you're fleeing for your life. Paul, can you do all things? Can you be content and strong in such a circumstance? Even if they say that they're going to kill you if you don't renounce your faith? Paul says, I can. Through him who gives me strength. Well, what if you have a, an illness, a sickness that won't go away? It's like this monster. It battles me. It continues to push against me. Can I find contentment, power, and peace? Either getting rid of this or in it. And Paul says, I can. If that's the situation that God has brought me to, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. What about desertion? As a, as a spouse, he's left you. She's left you. What about being abused as a child? What about the addiction that you may face? What about all the things in your life that are beyond you? Paul, can I find the power to face them and thrive in them? Can I find the peace not to fear, but to act in faith? And Paul says, yes, I can, and you can. Through him who strengthens me. It's through him. The path goes through Christ. I can do all things. Thank goodness there's no period there, right? I can go to a lot of self-help seminars and get I can do all things. But I can do all things through him who gives me strength. We are not supposed to live self-sufficient lives. We are supposed to live God-sufficient lives. I'm sufficient in myself because he is in me. And greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. And so Paul is saying, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In about a month, we're going to be going to our men's retreat, which is on east, the eastern shore. And so we have to travel through the Chesapeake Bay uh, Bridge Tunnel. Long tunnel, 17 miles. You know, if we want to get our cars from here to the eastern shore, there's only one way to go. We've got to go through the tunnel. The tunnel is the means that gets us from one place to the other. It was built in such a way that we can take advantage of its resources, whether on top or on the bottom. We can get to where we need. Christ is saying, I am the resource. And my resources are inexhaustible. You can be totally committed to trusting me and living in me because I am totally committed to you. And so Paul says, the reason I can do all things 
The reason I can have strength, even though I've been abandoned. The reason I can have courage, even though I'm facing fear. The reason I can have patience, waiting in the face of uncertainty. The reason I can have hope is because the sufficiency that I find is through Christ. The Christian has all the power within that he needs to be adequate for the demands of life. And Christ is big enough to handle every and any circumstance that you have and bring contentment and peace in the middle of it. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Words are participle. In fact, a better way to translate it, I can do all things through Him who is continually strengthening me moment by moment, day by day. I run out of strength pretty quickly, but His strength is endless. It never stops. It never weakens. But this power, this strength is not a force. It's a person. It's the one who maintains the universe. It's the one who the hills melt like wax when he gazes upon them. It's the one who speaks and the trees are shattered. It's the one who keeps the elliptical orbit of all of the planets. It's the God of the universe who's strengthening me. And so Paul's secret of contentment was continual dependence and reliance on Jesus Christ. An inner gaze, not on circumstances, but on Him who has the power to empower Him. You know, nature is full of hidden resources, isn't it? You look at this magnificent tree. How did it grow to be so strong? How can it weather the wind and the storms? It's the hidden resource of the roots below, isn't it? Feeding it, strengthening it. You can't see it, and yet it's there. What about the oceans and the rivers and the streams? How do they continually stay fresh and flowing? Their secret resource, it's the snow caps on the mountains that melt in all of the trickles and rivulets in which the water comes down and renews and refreshes nature. How is the sun so bright that we can't even stare into it without burning our eyes? It's the core at the center that we could never gaze upon. The core that is heated at 15 million degrees Kelvin that is bursting forth on the surface, this energy. It's the hidden resources that give strength. Not my strength, but the strength of God. You know, with my son's death, many have asked, to me, asked me about how you feel about the fact that he was shot, that he was killed, that he died in such a manner. Our understanding is he was killed instantly. But even if he was not, I would feel okay with it. And the reason is this, that I know that God gives strength for every circumstance, the manner in which we are to live and the manner in which we are to die. And I know that my son, facing circumstance, would have had the strength because God would have given it to him. And whatever circumstance you're in, God has the strength that you can meet it with the power of God Himself. What's your hidden resource, Redeemer? I can do all things through blank who gives me strength. I can do all things through my sheer will. I can do all things through determination. I can do all things through my education, my wits. I can do all things with my money. 
I have an inexhaustible supply. But God is not calling us to live a smart life, a rich life, a good life. He's calling us to live an indestructible life. Peace in whatever storm. God's not necessarily calling you to go Christianize the Muslim world. He might be. But God's called you into your circumstance. And he says, live with the strength that I give you. Learning dependence on me. And so dig deep. Learn by experience. How will you know if you learn this? You're not as easily rattled when things come along. There's a greater sense of peace. A greater sense of hope and trust. Whatever it is that gets thrown at you. Paul learned it through circumstance. I'm not saying you're going to learn it right away. But I'm saying the hidden resource exists. And so dig deep. Live through him. Have you come to know him? It's hard to trust someone that you don't believe is utterly trustworthy. Do you know his promises? Do you know what he says in the word that he will do for you? That you can take to the bank? That is true reality. Run to him in your circumstances. Run to him in your weakness. Head to your home base. Because Christ has demonstrated his power over life. Let us look to him to demonstrate his power over our circumstance. Well, I'll finish with my third point. You're going to walk out this door and you're going to remember some of what I say. The average person remembers about 5% by the end of week of what uh, a pastor said. I think it's about 7 for me. Okay? I just, you know, I feel, feel like I'm on. The truth of the matter is, when you walk out of this door, class is in session. Your situation is there, whatever it is, when you walk out this door. But it's not a divine accident. It's a divine appointment. You are not a victim of your circumstances. You're not a victim of your temperament, your past, your mistakes. Recognize them, but rely on the one who is within you. He is the vine and we are the branch. In your circumstance, how do you respond? Will you be Superman or will you be MacGyver? Dependent on what God gives you at that particular time. And so, we have one more study in the, uh, the book of Philippians. But I get back to the mind. How we are supposed to think is important. This is Paul's Christian psychology help book. Paul says to draw upon these resources, number one, you must have a single mind. Surrender your thinking, your thoughts, your hopes to me. Number two, you must have a submissive mind. Trust me in your relationships with people. Number three, have a spiritual mind. Fix your mind on things above, not on things below. Fix your thoughts on Jesus Christ. And finally, have a secure mind. Trust by faith. Put your faith over your feelings and your feelings will eventually follow along. This is what we were called to, guys. We weren't called to a bunch of theology. We weren't called to memorize a bunch of scripture. We weren't called to sing some songs and maybe even have some good friendships. We were called to the indestructible life together. So go and live in such a way when people see you, they ask the question, how is that possible? And who is this God that you serve? 
that can strengthen you in such a way that you can face anything with contentment. Because Christ has demonstrated his power over life through his victorious death and resurrection. Let us look to him to demonstrate his power in our circumstances and situations, whatever they may be. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, you are an indestructible God. And you bring your indestructibility into us. Lord, you are greater than death. And Lord, if you ever call us to death, Lord, you call us through it to life. And so, Lord, help us to learn contentment, not earn it. Help us to treat our situations as divine appointments. Help us to learn by experience to be initiated into the secret that we can face and do all the things you've called us to through our dependence on you who continually strengthens us. All this we pray in Christ's name.